today's message is uh, very different uh, from usually how I preach. Most of you know that I have a rhyme and reason or a system almost that I always preach. If you pay attention very much, uh, I do it a certain way. And today uh, I, I don't like it, but sometimes God just changes how I have to deliver a message on how to look at something. But uh, uh, God being our helper today, we'll, we'll bring a message to you thinking about uh, how we witness and how we grow the church. And I really have been looking, and I think any pastor does, should look at how do we grow uh, the church. And I'm not talking about filling seats, and I'm not talking about uh, uh, programs, and I'm not talking about uh, uh, making the offering go up. I'm talking about true growth. Uh, within the church, biblical growth. And as we study and we look at that, uh, I've thought of this saying, and I, and I thought of it this week, and it made me start to study on it some. Uh, a lot of us have said, and I have probably said it myself, that if we live a Christian life and we try to do what's pleasing to God, that other people will see that in our lives, uh, that they'll want to come to church, uh, and they'll hear the proclaimed gospel and they'll get saved. That's I've said that, a lot of you have said that, and as I reflected on that, I could not find that example in the Scriptures. I couldn't find where living a Christian life reflects on somebody else to come to church in a facility and accept God's grace. And most of the times that we find people talking about and writing about living a Christian life, it's really to show other Christians how they should live. It's not really to convert unbelievers. So as I studied that and kept looking at it this week, uh, how are we to truly witness? How are we to truly spread the gospel? And, uh, you know, we we do it different ways. Uh, How do we do it effectively? How do we really spread that gospel? Uh, There's a lot of churches. Now, I want you to understand a lot of this I'll be saying uh, not to cause offense, uh, but to help us realize what's working and what doesn't work. Uh, We see churches that develop a social club mentality. We see churches that have programs. uh, They become very approachable. And they become very kid-friendly. And they create something that people want to be a part of. Uh, People yearn to be a part of that. They say, well, they got things for my kids to do. They've got things for for me to do. Uh, They've got this eating and this part of this that we can be a part of. And we see that that drives numbers. And in part, we see people get saved uh, by coming to church because they feel like they can be a part of it. And I have seen that work time and time again, but it's not in the gospel. You say, Zach, are you trying to say that's wrong? Nope. I, I don't say that that's wrong. I'll say that it's not part of the gospel, and I'll say that we do lots of things in our church services and outside of our church that's not part of the gospel. So as we study and look at ways that we try to build the church, we have to think about the word but. (laughs) We have to think about but. What, What really stops us in our tracks? What do we really have to think of when we look at this as, well, it's not in the gospel, but if you're truly seeing soul saved, is that wrong? If we're not seeing souls saved, are we doing something wrong? We, we look at the, the Bible and we'll be hard-pressed to find book, chapter, verse with everything that we do. There's some denominations and some people that have an idea that it's book, chapter, verse with everything that we have to do. But that's not how the Bible is laid out. It's sad to think that we are judgmental for churches doing something that gets results. It's sad that we, we judge, we, we look at the world, and we, 
I want you to think about you inviting friends and family to church without some sort of reason. Imagine inviting somebody, hey, come over to my house. Why? (laughs) Well, uh, we're just going to sit there. I think I got something better I can do. Now you invite people to come over to your house. Hey, we're going to barbecue. Come over and we're going to barbecue. Hey, uh, come over. We're going to uh, grill some hot dogs. The kids can play tag out in the yard. Oh, well, that makes. Hey, we can have. Fun. Hey, come over and watch football game. Hey, yeah, that sounds good. Uh, and now we start to realize that. Hey, if you invite somebody to church, just don't say, "Hey, come to church this Sunday." Who's going to come? And and is is that the is that the true is that the true ideology behind it? Inviting people to church. We've already covered that before. This that's not really in gospel either. It's really us proclaiming the gospel to the world. I'd like to think about if somebody invited me uh, to a Vanderbilt uh, football game where they're playing Tennessee. You think I'm going to go? There ain't nothing there for me don't even like them teams. Y'all yeah, might like them. <laughs> I'm not trying to form a judgment on that. But if somebody invited me to that game, I'd say, no, nah, I'm okay. They'd say, hey, there's free ice cream. <laughs> and now I'm laying this out for you comically to help you understand. And when they say free ice cream, maybe I need to go. I may go there had to sit through three or four hours of a football game. But they got free ice cream. Hey, on the way, Zach, there's about an 80 acre lake. We got a bass boat. We're going to stop on the way there. That thing's full of fish. We're going to stop and go fish. Well, heck yeah, I'm going to go. I just canceled my whole weekend. I'm listening to go fishing. I got to watch Vanderbilt in Tennessee. But I'm going to go fishing. We, we, now, what I'm trying to do here is I'm, I'm trying to help you understand that when we invite people to church, a lot of us think we have to entice people. Okay, even though we see in the gospel, it's done in a way. It's not very clear. I want you to understand in John chapter 6, and you don't have to stand. Uh, You can turn with me to look at John 6. I'm going to leave that shortly. But John 6, verse 24 through 26, gives us an example. After Jesus has fed the 5,000, there's a story that those people tried to follow him after that. It says, and when the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, in verse 24 of chapter 6, it says, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, when camest thou hither? And Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me, not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. It jumps down to verse 66 of this same chapter. It says, from that time, it goes into explaining why they were wrong and what they should do. I don't want to read all that. Verse 66 is, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Many left. So we see very easily that enticing people to follow Jesus Christ by giving them food and giving them bread and giving them entertainment, uh, healing people, all these things, even the direct followers right there with Jesus did not stay. Did y'all hear me, church? Those things are great, and I will never knock anybody feeding somebody. I will never knock a program, and I will never knock down a a church van picking up kids. Those things are wonderful. But do they really work? When we really look at how the churches were set up by 
You know, a lot of us, and uh, me, I, I start to look at the churches in Revelation. What were wrong with those churches? Uh, how, did the, how did those churches need to fix their problems? Uh, and then I look at the letters that Paul wrote, and I, and I see that Paul highlights the things that the churches need to change. And, and, and by golly, I believe if Paul is taking the time to write to the churches, he's trying to help them in not just growth in, in numbers, but to really evangelize, for people to really see Christ. And we, we have to look at very uh, simply how we, how we biblically grow. And I'm getting to my point here. Now, like I said, this is different this morning. <laughs> we get to a point where we look at a very simple verse this week that I looked at. I said, well, that's it. I mean, if we want to grow, that's, that's, that's the base point. If we want to tag home on anything in, in, the, in, in, the, in the gospel of Jesus Christ in the New Testament, I, I believe it's this verse, and that's 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. And you can turn with me to that. You can dog-ear that page. You can stick something in there. And I really want you to focus on that this week, is what this verse says. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 8, you've already heard it before, it says this, is, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Amen. He that loveth not knoweth not God. For God is love. Very simply, it says, if you don't love, you don't know God. If you have hate for something, that's, that's, that's the opposite of love. If you have hate, something is wrong. If you have love, something is right. So in everything that we do, and I, I believe that when this is wrote here, we can we cannot take this out of context and we can put it in the context with this exact chapter to, chapter to understand. Hey, we have to love people. We have to love them, folks. And when, when we see people in our communities, when we see our families, when we see whoever, we make a stop at the gas station, McDonald's, uh, how, how nice are you? Oh, yeah, pull forward, Zach, and wait 10 minutes. That makes me annoyed at the, at the little fast food places. But can we be happy? Uh, can we love people? Uh, can we go beyond anything that we could possibly think of? We must love for a church to grow it has to have believers in it, praise the Lord. And for it to have believers, uh, uh, guess what? We give a very simple qualification here. If you're a believer, if you trust in Jesus Christ, you must love. And that's very clear. You know, I can go through all these programs, and I've, I ain't read a lot of books, but I've read enough books to know uh, that the main flow, if you buy books, and I've got a bookshelf full of them, and I ain't read half of them, but the ones that I've read... <laughs> Show us so many ways to help our church grow, to do this program, to do this within your church, to change this mindset. And all of those things sound wonderful. And all of those things can be wound up and preached from a, from a pulpit and so many uh, points and stances. And most of you will probably get tired of getting beat over the head <laughs> with a lot of the basic things. But the basic part behind all of it is love. And most of us understand that. I, I believe that most of you understand the love that Jesus Christ has and has put in our lives. He is love. If we don't have love, we, we cannot hate other churches. We cannot hate other people. Or we cannot hate other countries. Or we cannot hate other races. Or we cannot hate at all. Get it out of your life. I've had hate certain times in my life. I have. 
During the week sometimes, I probably exhibit hate and say, Zach, I don't hate, I extremely dislike. Go home and look up the definition of the word hate. It'll say pretty much extremely dislike. <laughs> That's hate. In our hearts and our minds right here in our church today, we have to love people. I want you to know something. When me and my wife have visited churches before, I don't know if you've been out in different churches, and I won't call out a church or knock a church down, but I've been to churches that I did not feel loved. Yeah, that's about the worst feeling I could have. I was a, an ordained minister, and I visited a church, and I just didn't feel loved. Is that bad? Maybe it was on my part. I, maybe I didn't reach out enough. Maybe I didn't do my part. But when I left that church, the only person that was loving and nice to me was the pastor. And boy, I felt bad for him. I almost said something to him before I left. I said, I think that's out of line. I think he knows it within his own self. There's something. Nobody expressed love. There was, a, there was 70 to 80 people there that morning. Nobody hardly talked to me. Nobody said much to me. There's people all around me. Treated me like an outcast. Treated me like I was different. We have to have love. You know, it's bad because I looked up churches on the internet and I tried to find something that tied around with something that I sort of expected. I, I don't know if y'all... I've had to visit churches. I'm sorry. I, I preach. I pastor. And sometimes I've had to visit churches. And when I try to find one that maybe fits a mold that I, I would like to visit. It has a certain number of people. And they do this kind of maybe worship. We showed up and I really thought, well, this would be right right here. And they sung. I said, well, this is kind of the singing I like. They preach. They this is kind of preaching I like. Can't nobody love me. You say, Zach, how can you feel that? You can feel when you're loved. You can feel when you show up with your family and you're loved or not. You can tell when you show up at work and the people at work like you or not. <laughs> it don't take a whole lot. Hey, church, we've got to be loving. I'm not talking about fill up seats. I'm not talking about to fill up the offering plate. I'm talking about to fill up people with love so they can understand who Jesus is. We have to show people love. Now, as we become people that do not hate countries, do not hate people, do not, we, we become people filled with love. If we back up to what we talked about earlier when we're taking that fishing trip, hey, when we stop and have lunch on the way there, that's the kind of people that when we invite people to church, say, hey, why don't you come to church and we're going to have lunch after you come to my house. Hey, after church, I'm going to take you out to eat somewhere. Hey, this week, I'd like to see you. I'd like for you to meet these people in my church. I love them to death. Think the world of You need to meet them because I think y'all got a lot in common. That's the love we should have. Amen. You shouldn't say, hey, come to our church. We've got a good Sunday school program. That's nice. Come to our church. That preacher, he can't preach worth a flip. But come listen to him. That entice people. Come to our church and do this, we do that. Come to our church and explain to them how much we will love them. If you do. Replace any hate in your life right now with love. I guarantee you there's something y'all don't like right now. <laughs> there's something this week that's already happened. I'm, I don't like this whole thing with the virus thing. It makes me mad and upset when people start talking. I don't even want to hear it. Don't watch TV no more. I've turned it off. I called uh, somebody the other day. was talking to them about it. They said, yeah, it's done. went up to this. I said, I don't know. Don't watch it. I done turned it off. It makes me angry. Uh, you know what? Let's just, just love it. Let's just embrace it. It's going to happen. Uh, things are going to continue. It's just love people. Just love the things going on in your life. Don't be angry. Love people. You say, I know, I know what you're going to say when I tell you to love, folks. It's hard. Oh, 
They say, Zach, it's hard to love people. I know. <laughs> I'm hard to love. I know that I'm a difficult person to love a lot of times. With my wife, I feel so bad for her sometimes. She's got to love me. <laughs> and sometimes I feel bad. I man, I got to love her. I got to love everybody in the church. And look around. Look around with each other. Y'all, y'all supposed to love each other. Did y'all know that? Y'all supposed to look at each other and say, man, I love you. Man, I love her. Man, I love him. He does so good with this. She does so good with that. Uh, I, you know, they're going through this. I need to pray for that. Uh, they're, they're going through I need to pray. You know what? This is going on in their life, and I'm going to pray for them. I saw that they did this. I'm going to love them. I'm going to pray for them. Uh, how many times can we come to church and just love people? You'll say it's difficult, but I'll tell you to take up your cross. You're going to say that I'm a sinner, and I'm going to say you've got a perfect Savior. They're going to say all kinds of things. You're going to say, you don't know what I've done. And I'll tell you, I know somebody that does. We make all kinds of excuses not to love people, not to be cheerful people, not to put smiles on our faces, and not to just embrace people and love them. And I want to tell you, that's how people eventually get saved. People do not get saved. They don't accept Jesus Christ by being mean to them. So I'll tell you real quick, a lot of you want to have hellfire and brimstone preach from the pulpit. I'll tell you, I've heard messages of love save a whole lot more people than that. People didn't know their love. Jesus didn't come and condemn nobody. He didn't knock nobody down. He wasn't mean to nobody. He spoke to them lovingly, told them what their problems was, and he gave them a solution. Jesus Christ is the solution. If we want to see growth, and now once again, I'll reiterate, I ain't looking to fill pews. That would be great to see this church full of 80, 90 people. That would be lovely. I'd love to see 100 people in this church, but that's not why I'm here. I'm here for growth. Your growth. For you to love people. I know if y'all love people, and y'all love coming to church, y'all going to tell somebody else about how much you love coming to church and you love people. You know what you'll do? You'll bring somebody with you. You'll tell somebody about how good God is. You'll tell somebody about how much you love them. It, it's, not, it's not hard math, okay? It's not hard to look at understanding how love works. I visited a church years ago, and I was just knocked away with how much people loved me. I went to a church back in the middle of the woods that nobody knew me. I wasn't from that particular area. And I was covered with love from the moment I stepped in the door, from the moment I left. And you know what I did? I went back to that church the next Sunday. The next chance I had, I came back to that church. You know what I did? I joined that church because they loved me. I ended up teaching Sunday school in that church because they loved me. I announced my call to preach in that church because they loved me. Love, church, is what helps. It's what drives. It's what saves The love of Jesus Christ dying on the cross is what saved me. I'll tell you right now, all the things that goes on in our church, if we want it to grow, if we want to see these things happen, I'll I'll tell you right now, it's not in programs, it's not in Sunday schools, it's not in Sunday night, Wednesday night services, it's not in revival meetings, it's not in any of those things. It's in love. Can we be a church Can we be a people? Can we be Christians, examples of Christ, and love people? Don't be ugly. Well, the world's ugly enough. The world's mean enough. Can we love people? 
If you want to see things happen within our building, within our community, within our surrounding churches, there's a church right down here, there's a church right down the road, go love them. Go tell them how much you love them. Uh, be friends with them on social media. Uh, message them. Tell them that you love them. You're praying for them. Uh, bring people up. Don't bring them down. Love them. Can we be a loving church? As they get a verse of some song ready, I, I hope that as we reflect that we've been a church that loves, that we've been that church. As we look at this, He that loveth not knoweth not God. You've got to love. If you're a Christian today, if you trust God, you've got to love God. You've got to love people. You've got to love everything going on around us. You've got to love. We have to be a comforting church. We've got to be a forgiving church. And we've got to be a church that's built on being like Christ. That's what we've got to be. We've got to be that loving church. That will lay down everything in our path to love people. He laid down His life to love us. He laid down His life, was put on the cross, was beaten uh, beyond, within an inch of His life. Should have died before He got to the cross. Only because He loved you. Can we love other people because of that? I hope today that you do. I hope today that you love... And I hope that you leave today loving more than you've ever loved before. We're not promised tomorrow. The Bible tells us life is but a vapor. We ain't got a whole lot of time in this world. You need to let people know that you love them. And if you don't love them, you need to change today. You need to love folks. As we stand, what page you got, sister? 165. <clears throat> page 165. As we stand.